This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 229 of the Fight Disciples podcast. If you're just tuning in and you're thinking, the fuck is this? This is award-winning shit, my friend. Welcome to the gun show. Unfortunately, my uh, better-looking other half, my partner in crime, is still over in Toronto at the moment. Big thank you, actually, before we get into this, to the Orange Ape who is an online Photoshop and social media of a motherfucker who made the most amazing meme this week, probably in reference to our UFC show rather than a boxing show. But it was me, Adam, and UFC title contender Darren Till with the cell of Dallas. And it was a, an old still from the Dallas TV show. Uh, I think I was Bobby Ewing. I'm pretty sure Darren Till was JR. And I've got no idea any of the, any of the women's names in it, but let's just say... Adam looked pretty mint with a curly blow. And he messaged me from Canada as well, saying he was knocking one out over looking at himself as a woman. It's kind of weird, that, isn't it? That's proper, that's proper weird. It's just, I don't know, I don't really know how to get me edge on that, but he, he did look good as a woman, though, to be fair. Check that out, Orange Ape, big shout out, man. Cracking, cracking meme. Let me introduce you to my co presenter, actually, today, before we get into anything else, because he's chomping at the bit there. He's sucking on the fucking microphone, <laughs> trying to get his words out. Young Foz has been on the show before, in my absence. Um, Adam brought him in he absolutely smashed it all of you on social media were going get the young scouse lad back he's fucking brilliant well let me tell you the young scouse lad is family brethren he's actually my uh, my young cousin Foz who is a full time boxing journalist welcome to the show cheers our kid how's things mate alright all good all yeah, good looking well had your hair cut especially for the show had my hair cut I was expecting you do realise this is fucking audio and not visual you didn't have to get your hair cut to get you come on I know that, and my hair needed cutting. <laughs> but but to be fair, to be fair, I did get a cut especially for this show. Good lad. Did you see the uh, meme, the orange ape meme? I did. It was sensational. What did you make of Catrol? Did you have to like? I was I was staring at it thinking it's fucking weird. I half thought it was okay, and then like it got to a point where I'd looked at it that much, <laughs> but I had to stop looking at it. It was just wrong on every level. I couldn't get my head around it at first. I was like, is that is that Adam? Is it was so I weird. Work it out. You've got to go and check it out anyway. It is mental. Also, big shout to everyone, and I mean everyone, because it's gone off the chain um, for buying a Gorilla King T-shirt. The brand new T-shirt designed by myself. Uh, the lo- classic logo tee sold out. Uh, well, almost sold out up until a few weeks ago. So then we launched a special tee again. It, maybe it's in reference to a big UFC fight coming up. Maybe it isn't. Trademark, stay the fuck away. It's a Gorilla King t-shirt. It's available now, but listen, you better be quick. If you're listening to this Tuesday, Wednesday, probably forget about it because they're pretty much all gone. But the Gorilla King tee, me, me wife, kids, that's all we did all bank holiday weekend is put fucking t-shirts in bags. These things are always a good idea, though, before you get into them. And then once you get into them, you're like, shit. I've lost a whole day uh, putting t-shirts in bags. But you haven't just lost a whole day, have you, Nick? You've lost a whole fucking weekend. Lost a whole weekend putting t-shirts in bags for the Fight Disciples. But you know what? It will pay off when we're all sitting there in our Gorilla King t-shirts when the fight comes up. Speaking of t-shirts as well. See that? Who needs capital? A fucking perfect segue there. Speaking of t-shirts as well. This episode of the Fight Disciples show is sponsored by Adept Clothing. Jordan Gill. My prospect of the year, 
for 2018 has his own clothing line. He does t-shirts, he does hoodies, he does compression gear. The full i the full iota. Get on his website adeptclothing.co.uk and use the code FightDisciples10 for 10% discount. I am working one of the adept hoodies today. The gear is really well made. Top quality stuff. Listen, if it was shite, I'd have just said Jordan and put it back in the post, son. We ain't pushing that on Fight Disciples, but it's good, man. The key, the gear sound and Jordan Gill, as we know, is going to be the next star. And you know what? Let's start there, though. It's been confirmed now. Ryan Doyle, Commonwealth title, uh, October 27th. Yeah. I think it's at the Copper Box. Decent card. It's a good card. Um, it's a bit it's a bit strange, Eddie going to the Copper Box. It's not something that he usually does. Nope. If, he's, if he's in London, it's usually your hall yeah. or the O2. But isn't the Copper Box perfectly in between? Maybe the O2 is a little bit big. It is, yeah, but that's usually Frank's haunt, isn't it? Yeah. The Copper Box. And... I know, but they're in bed with each other now, aren't they? Well, they're not really, are they? They're jumping all over each it's other, a, aren't they? It's they're it's sharing fighters for their shows. It's all right saying that now, yeah. but in six months' time, when the proper money's rolling, we'll we'll see how long that one lasts. It's uh, interesting as well, though, to go there because obviously it's quite a it's quite a tough sell. The old copper box, I think the copper box has only ever sold out after the Olympics. The copper box for boxing, I might be wrong here. I might maybe I'm making this shit up, but I think it's only sold out once. And that was fucking KSI, wasn't it? Wasn't no. that the YouTubers? No, it wasn't. Do you know what it was, Nick? It was um, it was the rematch between uh, Fiori and Chisora. Oh, right. Okay, that sold out. It was it set it was set out that night for about eighteen thousand, I think, and um, there were like thirty seven thousand people in there. You'd have people watching it from the toilets and all <laughs> kinds because they just crammed everyone just in. Ram them all in there. Speaking of, of Eddie and, and Frank being in cahoots these days and being, you know, having this weird little pr- promotional love story. Did you see the footage of Billy Joe out in the US with uh, Demetrius Andrade and they were coming together on the the, the mad thing was Andrade turned up just as fucking Peter Pan or something. Didn't kind of get that. Well, yeah. I hadn't done his research. I think he just thought, I'm fighting an Englishman. I'll dress as like fucking William Shakespeare in some purple velvet suit. I was in I was in Glasgow, and we'll come on to this later, but I was in Glasgow when I saw that picture. Mm. The first thing I did was send that picture to Derry Matthews, and I said, I thought you dressed bad, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't get a response. What was Andre thinking there? I just, I'd love to have gone through the mindset. That's such a stereotypical fucking thing to but it's not even that is it it's like if it you're gonna do weird. something do it was weird do you, do you not do i don't know anyway i'm trying to fucking explain it and it's just utter nonsense and i think billy joe took billy joe by surprise but i think billy joe was a bit like what the fuck is this guy doing it's kind of weird the best photograph of the whole event though was the plane ride home did you see that oh, photograph unbelievable <laughs> billy joe listen absolutely smashed on, the, it. on this on this fight disciples podcast mate we've we've given you some shit but that is genius. It was absolutely class. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go and check out Billy Joe's Instagram. Obviously, Billy Joe signed to Frank Warren. Uh, but it was Andre. It was Matchroom USA that put the biggest pace. But, you know, they made the biggest offer. So he's got to go and fight on a Matchroom USA card, which will be on Sky Sports and everything else. That's why we're, we're joking about them sharing fighters. So he goes over there. He does the press conference and everything else in America. Comes home on the same fight as Eddie Hearn. You know, and anyone that might be thinking, oh, I bet your Eddie's fucking trying to smooch, smooch in there with Billy Joe and pinch a sign and all this, a world champion, everything else. If check out Billy Joe's Instagram. He's just got a napkin from the air, from the flight, and 
Eddie Hearn's faster kip, and he's written on the napkin, I am a cunt. <laughs> Took a picture of it and banged it all over his social media. Billy Joel, man, fucking absolutely brilliant move. It's genius. Absolutely love it. I thought you'd be devastated, actually, because obviously you, you fancy yourself as a little bit of an Eddie Hearn junior. Would you all roll Not with the old like, turtles. You love a turtleneck, don't you like Eddie Hearn? I don't mind a turtleneck. And I, I go back to the, um, the picture you posted the other week when it was my birthday. Of the two of us in um, at the O2 Arena earlier this year. Yeah, and um, loving your turtleneck. Do you only wear turtlenecks when Eddie's around? And is that what it is? You save it for for when Eddie Hearn is in touching distance. Do you know what? I don't. I, I've got I've got a few turtlenecks, and you'd have to bring them out every once in a while, don't you? <laughs> you they can't they can't sit in the wardrobe for like big big mega events. They've got to they've got to be brought out every once in a while and. It just so happens that the past two times that I've worn them, I've been at Eddie Hearn events. Just so happens, eh? Just yeah. so happens. Just what a, what so a happens. Um, big news, obviously, for, for yourself as being the Liverpool Echoes boxing correspondent is uh, is news that, well, it's not even news. We fucking said it on Fight Disciples. We said it on this show best best part of two or three weeks ago that November the 10th, as we said, Belusic, as we said, is going to happen it looks pretty much guaranteed on for London's O2, but there's still rumours that it could end up at Manchester. I heard a, a rumour over the weekend, actually, the bank holiday, that they were even checking dates at the Liverpool Echo Arena. Um, the beauty of that, of course, is the fact that Usyk doesn't give a fuck and has travelled for his last six world title fights so will quite happily travel again. It's definitely going to happen in the UK. certainly looks like it's going to be November the 10th. What are you hearing, destination-wise? I'm here in London. Yeah. It, I think it'll... Um, I think it'll struggle in terms of the echo because yeah it'll ram the echo out mm-hmm. but it's got it's so, it's got so much more earning capability of course as a as a spectacle yeah i mean what's your t- double the seats at the o2 what's the o2's capacity the o2's 20, 20 and manchester's 22 right. I, I would like to see it go to manchester purely for selfish reasons but yeah you know because london's a pain in the ass because london is a pain in the ass and it takes me four hours Agreed. to walk around the o2 concourse does, yeah, but yeah. we won't go there yeah we've been there it takes <laughs> fucking forever we should get you a golf cart at the o2 actually just to whiz you about do you know what i need i need a private jet that i can get me scooter on yeah that's a good shout yeah yeah that i can just take me scooter everywhere with nice. me nice private jet there you go have a word with eddie any, any, anyone want to stick a sponsor for me? I, I didn't realise it. I thought it was a lot bigger than Manchester, but it's not. It's smaller than Manchester. It's smaller anyway. than Manchester, yeah. Fucking Manchester makes more sense then, man. Of course it does. And it's easier for... It's easier. It's probably easier for local media to get to. Yeah. It's easier for fans to the get to. The thing is, I, I don't think they give a fuck about local media anymore. And that, you know, that's that's not no slight on Eddie or Matchroom or even local media, of course. I think it's more like, where's the biggest venue... What where makes we can maximise the most money because Tony Bellew is not about local media anymore. He's about international media. And likewise, Alexander Usyk's international media. So where's the best place for them? But then internationally, it's cheaper to fly into Manchester than it is to fly into London anyway. So, yeah. And it's cheaper to stay in hotels. And it's a fucking much easier city to navigate around because yeah. Manchester Arena is walking distance from bars, restaurants, fucking train stations, train stations everything else. With the O2, listen, I think the O2 is a venue brilliant it's sensational once you're in there the atmosphere is class it lends itself so well to fight sports but if you mean it's an absolute nightmare but if you it's a fucking absolute nightmare of course it is yeah of course it is um the world boxing super series lineup um they well they came out in between now and, and, and last week's show 
I think it was the day after we recorded the show, actually, they came out and they confirmed that they always seem to do that, don't they? I know. Well, we'd said that anyway. We'd said it was going to be the Cruiserweights. We mentioned it even on the show that expect the Cruiserweights to be announced this week. Um, I know initially people were like, wait a minute, what the fuck are you doing a Cruiserweight tournament for? There's fucking no belts available. Well, actually, all the belts are available because after November the 10th, even though the fight will be at Cruiserweight, if Usyk wins... He moves up to heavyweight anyway, because that's why he's fighting Tony Bellew. Tony Bellew uses springboard into the heavyweight division. And should Bellew win, and of course, as Fight Disciples, we fucking hope he does win, um, it will be Bellew, it will be his swan song. I've spoke to Anthony, I've spoke to his wife, Rachel. He is not fighting again after this fight. Andre Ward coming back from his fucking stint as a host on the contender to challenge Tony Bellew in February, March. Even that, Probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't get Bellew back. You'd have to stick probably. probably I had to say probably, just because when I said it to Anthony, his little eyes lit up, and Rachel was like, "I'm telling you now, he's never fighting again after this fight." uh, You can tell Rachel calls the shots there, can't you? Can have you met Rachel? And then (laughs) November the tenth, then. So by November eleventh, all the pictures are taken. By the end of that week, every single belt becomes available, which is why World Boxing Super Series have announced the cruiserweight tournaments again Um, as an exclusive. On social media this week, you've probably seen that we dropped the lineup. The lineup hasn't even been released yet, has it? No. I'll drop it again in case you missed it. Marius Breedus. Uh, do you know what? I'm just going to go with surnames here. I'm going to fucking rate these guys' names. <laughs> Breedus, Dorticus, Glawaki, Tabiti, Feifer, Vlasov, Gesov, uh, Givor, and of course, Gasse of last year's finals. So pretty much El, the fucking best of the rest after Alexander Usyk, no? Yeah, you're right. It is, it's the best of the rest. But at what point do us as fans say, why is the tournament... This is this is the issue that I've got with it. Okay, okay, okay. Like, ooh, here we go. Only, be- issue. only because the tournament will start in September. Yes, sir. But those belts won't be vacant until November. Yeah, but does it matter? Are the, this? Is, it's not an issue I've got. It's, a, it's more a question. Are the belts then allowed to be factored into the tournament? Well, I think Gawaki already. There's there's one fight in there, and this is a little bit of info, inside info. This it could be, let's say it's Gawaki versus Tabiti. There's two guys Have in there. You made that up, or do you know that? No, no, I don't know whether it's those exact two guys. Do you know what? Let me check the IBF rankings because whoever is ranked number one contender with the IBF for Cruiserweight, check that out for us, El. Whoever's ranked number one has got to fight for the IBF belt immediately in the first round. Right. Um, but, obviously, the Cruiserweight tournament, uh, the Usyk Bellew thing, what they're trying to do is, Usyk Bellew, they want to have every single belt on the line because Bellew wants the opportunity to become the undisputed Cruiserweight champion of the world um, and obviously win the Ring Magazine belt. He wants that legacy defined and finished to his career. Usyk, as I say... Not really that asked about the belts, more looking at Bellew as a springboard to the heavyweight division. But every one of these belts becomes vacant, maybe that's after the tournament has begun, but becomes vacant. Now, the IBF strap. Ruslan, Faifer, and Andrew Tabiti. There you go. So, Faifer versus Tabiti will, like we've seen... Will be a quarterfinal. Yes. So, like we've seen in the bantamweights already, while there's a draw there, those two are definitely going to fight each other in the opening rounds. In, the, in that tournament bracket because they've got to contest the IBF belt, which will be vacated either prior to November 10th, so that to happen, or one of them will win the interim belt in the opening round 
and on November the 11th when the belt they will be vacant, made they will be made champion. full champion. Yeah, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of background for you there on that tournament. In terms of then, what what's upsetting you about the tournament? Is it the fact that there's no belts at the moment? That's I don't what, I don't understand what, what why you'd be upset. That's, that's what I'm not upset, not upset at all. That's what was getting me though. I wasn't sure whether it, the belts were allowed to be factored into the tournament. Yeah. After it started, but with so they've got the Usyk's gone now. Mm. After Usyk fights Bellew, he's gone. He's no longer a cruiserweight. He's a heavyweight. I think even if he loses to Bellew, he's a heavyweight because he's he's. He's proved himself to be, right here, right now, he's the best cruiserweight walker on the planet. A million percent. After his performance against Gassiev. No one can fucking dispute that. So why would he go backwards? He isn't going to go backwards. He's going to go up towards the Anthony Joshua mega money, billions of dollars fucking revenue potential up there. Serious money? He's going to heavyweights. Mm. So these are the best eight active cruiserweights available right now. You know, it's got the first sprinkling of guys that we've seen in the season one tournament. They're like mm. Gassayev and Breedis and, and Dorticus. It's got a new sprinkling, important, to BT, uh, Fonfara. You know, people like that who are... Fonfara, not, not Fonfara, sorry. The other kid. What did I say his name was? F- Ruslan Fafer. Fafer. Sprinkling the guys that weren't in season one, but potentially were chomping on the door for season one, but are now ready. I think for me... In high, last week when we talked about it, I was like, oh, fucking hell, we're still doing light heavyweight. I want to do a different weight class. But now it's come about. I'm like, you know what? This is even better because let's... Usyk's gone. Who is the best cruiserweight on the planet? We're going to get the answer again. We're going to get the answer again. Yeah. This time next year, we will know who the best cruiserweight on the planet is again. I wanted to see light heavies myself. Yeah. A, a champion day on, on, this, show, though, on this show with Adam. Yeah. But what you've, got to, get it done. what you've got to understand is all the all the top light heavies... Yeah. Are all tied up with promoters, tellies. Yep. Um, you know, Alvarez, in the States, Stevenson, everywhere. Jack Kovalev. It's impossible. Uh, better Bev. They just couldn't. They couldn't get them away. It is impossible. But that's a fact. They tried to do it. I know that for a fact. I spoke to someone at the uh, someone who was very close to the whole setup at World Boxing Super Series last week, and they were like, they wanted light heavies. That the original plan was light heavies. Yeah. But once they got into conversations with these guys, there was just no way. They were getting them away from TV contracts, especially in Canada. I spoke with I spoke with Kala, um, shortly after the um, the George Groves against Chris Eubank Junior semi final, mm-hmm. and Kala told me off the record that the um, that light heavies was the the third weight class. Yeah, he said the second would be bantamweight, which we now know. Of course, but it seems to it seems to have it went that quiet that we almost knew instantly that it wasn't going to be light heavies. And I feel like, not that we've been shortchanged in that we've got cruisers, because like you say, we we know, we will know in 12 months' time who the best cruiserweight is again. Yeah. But I feel like, could, he, could they not have done super middles again? Yeah, good point. Yeah, good, good point. I think the super middles as well is, is kind of a little bit fragmented as well. Um, I, I think after announcing the two, the super lightweights and the bantamweights, I think it demanded that there needed to be a bigger boys version as well, yeah. just to give it that bit of balance. Um, I think Tabiti obviously coming in gives them something they didn't, you know, didn't have, and that's a real strong guy in the from the American audience. And you can't get away from how important that is with these world boxing super series as well. It, it's vital that the American audience is involved. Likewise. With a new way coming in for the bantamweights, the Japanese audience, the Japanese yeah. markets because he's a fucking hero over there. 
and that's how they've got to think with the World Boxing Super Series. You know, they want it to be the Champions League of boxing. It's got to feel like an international brand. And to be international, you've got to have networks in every country and therefore legitimate contenders from every major country involved. Um, which is, again, potentially another factor why they've come back to cruises. Talking of it being an international brand and an international tournament, we're four weeks away from Jeddah now. I know. Jeddah! You going to Jeddah? You don't know yet? I don't know. Do you it's know a bit what? mad because everyone I speak to about it, obviously Adam's going to Jeddah. It's, 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 it's a talk sport. I, wanna, I, wanna go, I do want to go to Jeddah. I really yeah. do. Do you? It, but I've never heard anyone say that before in my entire life. No, for, I really want to go to Jeddah. For this fight, I want to go, go to, to the, Jeddah. You want to go to that market where Indiana Jones fought off that guy? Do you remember no. that? That was in Jeddah, wasn't it? It was in Jeddah indeed. But or was it the back lot of some fucking studio in LA? That's the problem. <laughs> Fuck off, You Nick. just don't know. Might have been in the same studio where they made uh, the moon landing. Anyway, that's a different Possibly. conversation. <laughs> but, no, I do. I want to go to Jeddah. I want to go and watch that fight yeah. in uh, Jeddah. Listen, it's, I want to see the fight. It's intriguing me Yeah. as to why and how they've come to the decision to have that fight there. Well, they had no choice, did they? I know they had no choice. Someone's paying for this fucking thing. And the, the people or the organisation that's paying for, quote, this fucking thing yep. is um, is is backed in Saudi. Yeah, and right. that's why. Yeah, That's why we're going to Jeddah. Yeah. Do we want to go to Jeddah? Not really. No. Nope. You know, that's that's just the way it is. We don't really want to go to Jeddah. But we've got to and we've got to deal with it. I spoke to Callum um, as soon as Jeddah was confirmed. And Callum said to me, look, he said, it's not great. Me and George will be bereft of fans while we're out there. Mm. We know that. Yeah. But, but we'll both be in the same boat. But that's what exactly what Callum said. We're both in the same boat. And we've both got the fight that we want. Yeah. And I think come the end of it, that's all, that's all they're asked about. Making sure that they've got the fight that they want. And making sure that they know that at, come the end of this tournament, they will be, whoever wins, will be the best super middleweight on this planet. Yeah. It's... Obviously, I know why they're going there. They're going there because of money and someone's got to bankroll the World Boxing Super Series. At the end of the day, they were able to get this array of talent in because they sold it as being... Well, they basically said there's a fucking huge pot of gold at the end of it. Someone's got to provide that pot of gold. And that's purely the only reason why they're going to Jeddah. It's just weird when you start thinking about it. Because originally, it was supposed to be the Cruiserweight tournament, wasn't it? It was supposed to be the Cruiserweight tournament final was going to go to the Middle East. Um, It was supposed to be May the 11th at the King... uh, it, well, it's still at the King Abdullah Sports City in Jeddah. Still the yep. same venue. But it was supposed to be May the 11th, as you say. Now, the thing with Jeddah, and, and I don't want to get too into it with, with Saudi Arabia, but, you know, politically and everything else, from a religious standpoint, it's quite it can be quite an extreme place. Um, you know, they were about to welcome two cruiserweights, one of which is, like, a pretty strong Jewish guy. Mm. The other one of which is pretty strong Christian who walks to the ring with a rosary around his neck. These aren't things that fit in well with Saudi culture. Do you know what I mean? No. Throw in the fact that it's fight sports, it's ring card girls, it's just the way Saudi Arabia is, is built. And I know it's probably trying to get progressive now and, and catch up with the likes of Oman and, and Dubai and uh, Abu Dhabi because they realise that oil won't last forever and they want to become tourist destinations. Yeah. No doubt this is what Saudi Arabia are thinking. We'll attract this huge sports event. We'll show how amazing our country is. 
and uh, and people will start coming here as a tourist destination. But you can't get away from the fact that women there are oppressed and that religious issues. And you know, George Groves is goes by the moniker Saint George. Do a little bit of fucking history about who Saint George was. And then come back to me and see whether that's suitable to be in Saudi Arabia. It's not. It's fucking mental. It's all a bit mental. And I don't know whether they've thought this deeply into it. But there's a potential fucking banana skin there. Anyway, it is what it is. It's going to happen. It's going down. Uh, as the fight approaches, obviously, from, from the start of the tournament, so I know you work for the Liverpool Echo, similar to yourself. We're both from this city. So there's, we're going to have that bit of bias about us. Um I picked George. I picked Callum Smith from day one when the tournament was made. So far, throughout the cruiserweight tournament and the super middleweight tournament, it has gone absolutely to rankings. We yep. haven't seen an upset. We haven't seen a shock in the cruiserweight tournament. Number one fought number two, and number one won quite easily in the super middleweight tournament. We've got number one versus number two. However, I'm going to stick with me gums. I still think Callum Smith gets it done. We see our first upset in world boxing super series history. Is it? A, is it an upset though? Is it an upset? Well, it is in it, terms of the rankings in it, this it, tournament because Groves is ranked number one and yeah, he's ranked number two. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but in terms of general boxing knowledge, yeah, we I know, think it's we know be how an good upset, we it? know how good Callum Smith is. Yeah, but we also know no, how good George. we know we know what Callum Smith's potential is. But Callum Smith hasn't fought as as good a people as George Groves, and that's not to say. Listen, George Groves won the world title like the third or fourth time of asking. So George was having a hard time to get there anyway, but now he's here. You know, the way he dismantled Chris Eubank Jr. when a lot of us, myself included, rather embarrassingly now, thought that Eubank Jr. was going to be too much for him, that George was on the slide. But now, now I look back on that and I'm starting to think, is Eubank Jr. just that bad? Like Naz said. He should quit, man. He should quit. <laughs> he don't know boxing. He don't know. I can't, sorry, I can't do this. You're either accent. good at boxing or you're not. That's right. You're either good at boxing or you're not, baby. Um, get him out that was very Kel Brook wasn't it well that's what you do you see Adam told me this Kel Brook and Naz are the same person you do the same (laughs) voice and it works perfectly Adam gets away with it all the time anyway (laughs) in terms of George Groves he's proved himself he's been there Callum Smith hasn't been there yes he's beat a former world champion now because Rocky Fielding's just won the WBA regular world title belt Um, but in your mind I think the bookies will go with George Groves marginally marginally but do you think Callum Smith is still a favourite then? I think I think Callum can I think Callum can win the fight. I think Callum's got every trick in the book to be able to win the fight, and I think trick in the book or do you mean natural benefits? What do you mean trick in the book? I think because George has got more experience. He's got more, he's got more experience, yeah. But I think Callum's the better. Um, he's he's shown more potential and more ability. Yeah. He's shown that he's got more ability to come. Yeah, from what we've seen of him, he's on the way up the mountain. Exactly, George is on the way down. George, the George is like plateauing at the top of the mountain at the moment. Yeah, and it's up to it's up to Joe Gallagher and Callum Smith, and I think Joe Gallagher will play a massive part in this. Yeah, um, it's you up to Joe, right. Joe Gallagher and Callum Smith to just give George Groves that little nudge. Yeah, off the edge of the mountain to watch him slide down. After such a bad injury that George has just had with that shoulder as well, you know, it, I don't. Speaking I don't to think, other athletes, there's no way he goes into that fight 100 percent confident. No, it, in his shoulder. it's not. It's, it's not. Um, it's not. From speaking to various different people, George Grove's shoulder is not 100 hmm. percent going it into this fight. Well, it's fin- you know, it never will be now. 
he, but he can't afford to delay anymore because the World Boxing Super Series have basically given him every advantage they could to defend his belt. And the tournament has to conclude. They fucking delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. And, and we've demanded it. We as fans made it happen. We as fans went, no, unacceptable. Callum Smith against Eubank or even James DeGale, unacceptable. We've, we're bought in now. We want George Groves. Uh. So there's been a certain amount of pressure on George Groves as well. And obviously, George knows that payday's there. The fucking biggest payday of his career is around the corner. Does he want to walk away from that? Not really. Or does he go into it with an ailment? And if he gets beat, he can go, well, my shoulder's fucked. What do you expect? I'll come again. But, listen, I feel like Callum's got not just the advantage of the shoulder injury. Yeah. He's got another advantage in that he knows that George Grove's shoulder won't be 100%. Yeah. So he'll go in there in the first round. He'll, Punch get, into, the he'll get into a clinch and he'll rag that shoulder. He should do. I know I fucking would. And he'll... he'll let George Groves know that he's not stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he needs to he needs to sort of stamp his authority on the fight a little bit early on. Well, I, I don't know whether that will include pulling on the shoulder, but I know what you mean. You, you know, at the end of the day, he's got a fucking he's he's going to be a question of his shoulder injury. So of course, Callum's going to do something. I don't think that will be necessarily in the tactics. For me, I, I just think Callum Smith, as you say, he's on the way up the mountain. George is on the way down the mountain. That would suggest to me. Um, that anything but a 100% and a vintage performance from George Groves is only going to be a go- going to be enough. And with the injury, I just can't see him being 100%. I can't see him starting this fight with the same the same mental approach as he had against someone like Eubank, for instance. Eubank, he felt like he had far too much experience and far too much talent for, and that was proved. Going into this fight with Callum Smith, I think he, he will feel like he's got far too much experience again. However, the talent barometer has now changed. It's swung, and, and certainly the natural physique and size barometer has swung back in favour of the challenger. Callum's a light heavyweight coming down, isn't he? Of course he is. Of course he is. And Future uh, light heavyweight. I think well, that was the other thing with the World Boxing Super Series, you see. Because both Callum and George had agreed to go into Season 2 light heavyweight tournaments. But obviously, the way things have turned out, this event being pushed back to November, there's one name. So, your light heavyweight bracket, which the Sowellans had planned. Number one seed, the win of the World Boxing Super Series to middleweight tournament. Well, that now goes past. So, there's one guy out. Right. Then you start speaking to Kovalev's people, impossible to get him out. You know, uh, uh, all these other people, everyone else in this light heavyweight bracket, no, can't get him out of his All these guys bivals. tied in, tied in. And suddenly, you're like, wait a minute. The lights heavyweight tournament starting to sound like a second rate tournament now, even though the money on there would be more than these guys can afford. Because we're get because we're with getting no Adonis Stevenson with no better beer, with no fucking Callum Smith or George Groves. Suddenly, where's where's the field? And that's obviously why they've switched back to cruisers. And I think, I think as as proper boxing fans and as people that work within the sport, we've got to sort of just deal with that, haven't we? We get we get knockbacks every single day in our jobs. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does. And you've got to just deal with them. And I think ultimately now, we've got to make the best of I think that the Cruiserweight tournament. I think tournament. that Cruiserweight tournament is going to be fucking sick. As of November the 11th, they're the best eight Cruiserweights on the planet. You're probably right. But until November the 11th. We're still going to go like, oh. We're still going to like. Usyk could beat all these guys. That mm. th- you're going to watch that tournament going, this is boss. But, but you're also going to go, well, Usyk's better than all these. I get that. There's that slight tinge about it. But then 
by the time the by the time the, four, the finals are running out, hopefully next May, next June, whatever, if it, if it all goes to plan, then Usyk by then will have made his heavyweight debut anyway. So it fucking won't make any difference. Yeah. It, he'll be gone by then anyway. While we're on the subject of the World Boxing Super Series, I'd like to drop a little bit of a knowledge bomb. Yeah, there we go. Go ahead, kid. Right. So, it's in Glasgow last week. Yep. I'm sat chatting with Josh Taylor. So this was, you were in Glasgow for the MTK show, weren't you, at the Emirates? I was indeed. Uh, for Dara Foley against Chris Jenkins. Yeah, that's a fucking long way, out to watch a draw. It is. You went a long way there, kid. I did. To it, watch it, a draw. It was a seven-hour round trip. It the was, main event was a draw. The main event was a, a draw. Clash, was it a clash of heads? Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. I got up and thought, no, not another four hours back in the car. No chance. <laughs> Anyway, get there, chatting to Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor says, my next fight will be announced next week. Then goes home and on the Saturday watches an IFL TV interview with Callis Howland. Yeah. Josh it, did? Or no, you did? No, I, I did. Yeah. And Callis uh, and said, we're going to announce a double header next week. Yeah. That double header is going to be Josh Taylor against Ryan Martin. Mm-hmm. and Opening round of the tournament. Yeah. And Ryan Burnett against Nanito Dene. Sweet. So they're going to double up. I, I did this was happening, actually. So World Boxing Super Series are going to reinforce their tournament this year by having the opening round, the quarterfinals, two on one night. They're yeah. going to double edit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd heard that. Yeah, yeah. November, so that's got to be... November the 3rd. That's going to be UK then, isn't it? At the Hydro. At the Hydro in Glasgow. Yeah. Fucking hell. Love it. I'd heard that they were going to do... two belter fights. The class. Mm -hmm. The class. Listen, I'd heard that um, they were going to do September the 29th, the day after Callum Smith against George Grove, Uh in Belfast. Okay. For Ryan Burnett against Nanito, didn't he? It just didn't make sense. No. Who who, who, who from that Super Series organisation wants to get on a flight from... One destination Jedi, to another, yeah. To go to Belfast, sh- straight to Belfast, to go and watch Ryan Burnett against Nanito Dunne. Yeah, just do you want to drum it up? It'd just be no, but it, then again, it'd be just a fucking great expense lost as well. Do it you would. know what I mean? You're just yeah. spending fortune. You're spending money for the sake of spending money there. Exactly. Plus, you got to keep the attention of fight fans two nights back to back, and the way World Boxing Super Series tournaments have been so far, would they have been paper both pay per view events as well? Yes. So you know, we're asking a lot of people. We'll come on to fucking pay per views shortly. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Newcastle. European title fight has been added now. So we knew Robbie Davis Jr. was going to be fighting Glenn Foot. Mm. That's for the British, isn't it? British and Commonwealth. That, well, Glenn Foot's the Commonwealth super lightweight champion. Yeah. Uh, Jack Catterall vacated the British, the British title. To fight O'Hara Davis. To fight O'Hara Davis in, a, in an official WBO world title final eliminator um, on October the 6th in... Leicester. Yeah. So we've got on October the 13th in Newcastle at the Metro Radio Arena, we've got Robbie Davis against Glenfoot for the vacant British and Glenfoot Commonwealth super lightweight titles. Um, You're going to have Dave Allen on there. You're going to have... Um, yeah, but isn't but the, the main event's been confirmed now, hasn't it? The it hasn't. Be, it hasn't quite been confirmed. But Lewis Vitton's going to fight Patera for the European belt. Pa- yeah. Now Patera was beaten by um, Masha. Masha. Masha Dodge. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but so, he's, been, he's been on it. But he's won the European belt since. He's he? won the European belt. He's lost the European belt. Right. And Edith Tatley's just vacated. Right. Now, um, now he the beat, e- he beat Tatley and lost the Tatley, didn't he? Yeah. Now the EBU put put forward Lewis Ritson against Marvin Petit mm-hmm. for that for that vacant European title. Marvin Petit said, "I'm not fighting Lewis Ritson." Right. So, Wise. Well done, Marvin. Yeah, well, it, well fucking advised. Right, my son. Congratulations. <laughs> so. Doesn't sell tickets, mate, but I don't fucking blame you. So, um, so then the EBU have put forward Lewis Ritten against Francesco Patera on social media this week. Lewis Ritten has confirmed that he's in line for a European title shot. Yeah, and his opponent is set to be officially confirmed on Wednesday. Right, but it is going to be Lewis Ritten against Francesco Patera. At the Metro Radio Arena on no. October the thirteenth, and that'd be wicked because that's a that's a that's a belt and opportunity for obviously written to move up and get a world ranking, uh, and of course the chief support there, Robbie Davis, Glenfoot, that's going to be a cracking little domestic scrap as well. So there's something properly building up there in Newcastle with with Lewis Ritson. Like I think he's a fucking superstar. They love him up there, and um, I think he wins that European belt and wins it convincingly as well. I think he, I think from from watching Masha against Patera. Mm-hmm. I think Lewis Ritson does a serious job. Yeah, to be honest, name me a lightweight domestically or that he doesn't do a serious job on. That he doesn't mow through anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, why? How come? Before, let me come back to Friday anyway. What the fuck did you end up going all the way to Glasgow on a Friday night for? Do you know what? Right to watch a, a fight that was for the what? The w. I'm reading it now. The WBA Oceania Super Lightweight Title. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Listen, I'm sure I got one of them in, in my cornflakes box this morning. All the lads are taking the piss out of me, saying, "What are you doing, right?" But you know when you, you know when you just get that buzz. Yeah, of course. Like I've been, I've been ringside at uh, Windsor Park the weekend before. Yeah. And I just wanted you to wanted keep that, it going. You wanted that fix. I wanted you're like to a little smackhead traveling around the country getting your smack fix every weekend. Exactly. Except right. your crack or your smack is sitting ringside. I love it. Correct. I love it. So, and there was one of the lads was driving. To Glasgow oh, there you to go, go and cover the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I jumped in, and um, I spent about eighty thousand pounds in waitros <laughs> on the way there. Like, but you know, did you drive straight back afterwards? We drove straight back afterwards. Class. Big shout! Big shout to Chris Roberts for the drive. Nice one, but, Chris. Um, I enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, and I spent most of lads on tour, didn't it? I spent most of Saturday feeling quite rough. Yeah, of course. Because I didn't get in until silly hours of the morning. Yep. But would I have it any other way? No, of course not. Exactly. Listen, let's. I want to. I want to finish the show where you're talking about the next few months. Okay. And, and the fucking absolute great expense. We haven't mentioned just quickly. We haven't mentioned David Price in Belfast yet. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Pricey coming back in Belfast against Big Sexy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it come as a bit of a surprise that actually, just because you know, Big Sexy still fancies himself, he's got the Irish following and everything else. But it's a good fight, I guess, for David Price. Mm. It says a lot about David Price and how humble he is that he's like, you know what, this is what it takes to rebuild, this is what it takes to rebuild. So, because I'm sure if he'd have, if he'd have put his if he'd have said so, put his, his, his voice out there, he could have easily orchestrated a 
Hubie Fiore fight or even the fucking White Rhino is a, is a name at the moment after that sensational knockout. Well, they were trying to get him, uh, Sergei Kuzman, the undefeated mm-hmm. Russian, mm-hmm. for the undercard of Joshua Povetkin yeah. at Wembley. He said he got that offer, and yet it was a few more quid than what he, obviously what he's getting paid to box Sean Turner. Yeah. But he's weighed it up, and he's weighed it up properly this time. Good. With, I mean, with the um, with the Povetkin opportunity that he got, yeah, it was a no, no it was a no brainer. Well, yeah, because listen, Povetkin fights AJ now. If if Price either managed to finish Povetkin when he had him when he had him sprawled into the the ropes, if if he had a few more, if if that had happened at the starting round rather than the end, if the referee hadn't jumped in, it's all all ifs, buts, and maybe's. But if Price had been able to catch him on the chin, Pricey would be fighting Anthony Joshua. On September, on September the, 27th. the fucking twenty second. That's a fact. Yeah. So that's how close he was. But it's cool that he's not gone. Okay, I'll face some other undefeated Russian on the undercard because if I will again, I might get the Anthony Joshua fight in yeah. April. He's kind of thought, you know what? Let's get back to because listen, I've never seen. I, I can't remember the last time I seen Pricey with a smile on his face like he's got now. He's yeah. happy to be in boxing, yeah. and he's and, and he kind of accept the fact that sport. And it takes, you know, maybe it takes a couple of losses to do it, but he's accepted the fact that it's a sport. And when you come down to the crux of it, he is a full-time athlete who can care for his family, that trains him every day, that mixes with his mates every day, that, you know, you get a different kind of perspective on life and a perspective, you start looking around and going, actually, all my mates work nine to five, most of them in fucking jobs they hate. And I'm very lucky to be in my lane I need to take the pressure off myself. I need to stop fucking worrying. Ah, oh, he's only British class, mate. You, There's no shame in the that. fucking British heavyweight champion. Liverpool's only ever had one, and it's him. I, I honestly, I just think now he's in such a good place mentally that taking a fight against some Russian killer on on the AJ undercard would have been a massive mistake. Going to Ireland and, in my opinion, knocking out someone that he, he will knock out quite comfortably and rebuilding that way. Because he's in the heavyweight division. He's two wins away from a fucking phone call anyway. And the narrative of two Olympic medalists fighting each other, i.e. him and Joshua, or the last guy to beat Tyson Fury, those narratives are there. They yeah. can be fucking reignited at any point. Yeah, because they, they, they will never change. Of course. Them factors will never change. Those selling points will never change. So it's good that Pricey is taking it in stock and, and going over to Belfast. I love it. Um, next few months then. Here we go. It's expensive time. Fucking hold on to your seats. You better tell your missus that you need some. Uh, you need to raid a purse here because <laughs> a let me, let pocket, me, bit of pocket money on the go me, here. Lads. Let me tell you, pay per view frenzy. And listen, we used to joke about streaming it and shit like that. But at the end of the day, all these fights are only happening because people pay pay per view. If we don't pay for them, if we don't pay pay per view, they won't happen. So then we can't go. Ah, oh, fucking hell! Why is Triple G not fighting Canelo second time around? Just as we're talking. Just as we're talking. Who's that, Chris Roberts? You no. Oh, Lewis, Lewis Ritson to face Francesco Patera for Fucking the vacant hell, European listen, lightweight title in his hometown in Newcastle on October the 13th. A Sky Sports running that fucking CCTV camera over there. They've just heard us drop it and thought we'd better get that out before the cycles get it out. I think so. I bet they have. Here's the next few months then. This will blow your mind, this. Triple G Canelo 2. BT Sport box office. AJ Pavekin. Sky Sports box office. Groves v Smith. ITV box office. Frampton Warrington. BT Sport box office. Bellu Usyk. Sky Sports box office. Wilder Fury. BT Sport box office. Amir Khan. We're hearing about Amir Khan in December against someone like a Pac-Man or a Brook or whatever. Sky Sports, Sky Sports box, box office. office. And here's another one. We haven't even mentioned it. 
We've got the opening round of the World Boxing Super Series quarterfinals. Eight TV box office. That could be another six, eight, twelve. Could be another twelve <laughs> pay per views because they're all going to start in September, October. It's fucking mental. Like, at what point do these? All right, I get that. It's not fair of me to yeah. say that promoters, telly companies don't care about fans. Yeah. That's not fair of me to say. Yeah. But that's the impression that I get. I just think it's a case of you want these fights, you're going to have to pay for them. We can't get Frampton to fight Warrington on Sky Sports wages. They've got to, the only wages they do it for is pay per view wages. Oh, sorry, in this case, BT Sport wages or pay per view. Yeah. Bellew will only fight Usyk if we can give Usyk and Bellew box office wages. Yeah. Fury Wilder, box office wages. Now, most of them are domestic here. Most of them are in our time zone. I'll include Grove Smith in there because I think the time zone difference is only three hours. Two Plus, hours. it makes no difference anyway because they're fighting in Jeddah at like fucking midnight. So it's on at prime time in the UK. But the likes of Canelo versus Triple G and Wilder versus Fury, those fights will be on American time. So you're looking at paying for pay-per-view, £20, for a fight that's not happening until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, depending on where the, the destination is for Wilder Fury. And we're hitting it. Oh, well, it's fucking Las Vegas, let's be honest. Um... So you're Are you for... sure about that? Because you you said the Fury got in the ring with a t-shirt. With a t-shirt. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fucking shut up, man. Uh, that's definitely happening in Las Vegas. Are you sure? But basically, we've got let's say the twenty pound, the 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. There's one hundred and twenty pound there to drop on fights on top of your BT Sports or your Sky Sports package, your Box Nation package, whatever you pay for right now. There's another hundred and twenty pound coming there. And that's without the World Boxing Super Series and ITV for raping us. But if without Josh... Bellew Usyk too, well, exactly, yeah. And and listen, what Bellew Usyk part two? There ain't going to be no part now, two. So. I'm saying, oh no, I include the Bellew Usyk, the Bell well. Usyk in there as well. Yeah, there's there's twelve there. There's, there's six, seven big fights, and then you say Josh Taylor, Ryan Burnett are going to be doing a double header. Well, that's definitely going to be pay per view on ITV box office because that's a fucking great fight card. They're two brilliant fights. So potentially, wow, the amount of money it could spend here could be frightening for fight fans. But again, do we get to see these fights unless there's the box office? No, we don't. And that's that's the biggest shame about it. We've We've got to pay for the opportunity. Yeah. And that's what we're paying for. We're not paying to watch the boxing. We're paying for the opportunity to watch the boxing. Yeah. I think right now what this sport needs and what the fans need is... This this is one of my famous fucking on-air meetings, this. We need to devise an app. We'll get a Fight Disciples app made. You and love you, these on-air meetings, And you just you? pay a subscription service of, say, fucking £10 a month. Mm. But you get everything. Like, that used to be kind of why Box Nation was cool, wasn't it? Mm. You paid them. You paid Box Nation a ten and a month or whatever it was. But you, everything was there. Like you now know, it was paying... all, the only thing you're not, we ain't getting with your Sky shows. But everything else, pretty much, you would get it on Box Nation. Now you're paying Box Nation. You're twelve pounds a month, and what, MTK. What are you getting? You, was that Friday the MTK show? You get you getting twelve MTK Global shows. Yeah, with all due respect to MTK Global, and I love those guys and the work they're doing. Mate, that ain't. There's, it's just nonsense. Box Nation's fucked at the moment. I think we all know that, but. It's just it's just the shape of the way things are, isn't it? Boxing is in such a good place right now. But I would argue Grove Smith shouldn't be pay-per-view. Not from Jeddah. I'm sorry. No. It, it just shouldn't be pay-per-view. Uh, Canelo Triple G, I kind of get. It depends what the numbers are. 
AJ, of course, as pay-per-view. Frampton Warrington, that's not pay-per-view. Uh, Bellew versus Usyk, unfortunately, the only way that fucking happens is if it is pay-per-view, otherwise you wouldn't see Bellew ever fight again. And Wilder versus Fury. Out of those three or four, I'd say there's three or four that I can go, okay, there's an argument, but World Boxing Super Series shouldn't be pay-per-view. You know, at any stage, not even the t- not even the final. It, you don't you don't see that you don't see us right. Here's what I'm going to say now. They they calling it the Champions League of boxing. Yeah. Right. Champions League is on BT Sport. We pay our BT Sport subscriptions to, to watch the Champions the League. Final. So why should we have to pay? Okay, ITV's free, mm-hmm. providing you've got a telly license, mm-hmm. but. Why should we have to pay on top of that? Well, ITV's to free. Watch, you don't need a telly license. To telly watch license for the B- champ- BBC. Why should we have to pay on top of that to watch the Champions League of boxing? Yeah, no, when, you're right. When we're not when we're not paying on top of our regular BT subscription to watch the Champions, the Champions League, League football. Yeah, good point. I like that one. Good shout out. Good shout. Um, which one of them anyway? Which one are you looking forward to most? Top of your head out of all them fights in the next few months? Do you know what? Frampton Warrington. Yeah, and that's the one I've just read. Never should never be pay per view. Doesn't matter. It's it's a fucking great fight. Do you know what? That that's just because you've just been to Belfast to see Frampton to wet your whistle. I I love I love a bit of Belfast. I I've like I've got this love affair with Belfast to the point where all the lads say to me, "Have you got a beard on the go?" Because (laughs) because I go over there like three, four, five, six times a year if I can. I love it, and it's it's a dead small city. And dead easy for me to get round. Like, I thought that's why I fucking hate London. Yeah. But it's sound for me to get round. And they put on great shows. Yeah. And ultimately, as a as a journalist that works within boxing, that's all you want. You want to work on top level shows. Of course. I'm work- I worked on a top level show there last week. Frampton against... Australians, Australians. That's the fella. Okay, the fella man. who ended up with two perforated eardrums off yep. the absolute battering he took. He absolutely did get an absolute battering as well. Yeah, Belfast. I'm trying to think of fights I went to in Belfast. I was there in. Let's see now. It was when England won the Rugby World Cup. That's how old I am. Oh three. I covered a fight there. Oh three. Yeah, November oh three. And it was Brian McGee fought Sarifi. I think it was a world title fight at the top of the card. IBO, world title champion, Brian McGee was. And Tony Dodson from Liverpool, he, uh, he stopped Alan Foster. Se- did he send you that, champion. I went to that, yeah, yeah, it was that, that fight. Uh, and I'll never forget it because I woke up the morning of the fight. I think Jamie Moore was on the bill as well. I woke up the morning of the fight and uh, literally had breakfast and watched England win the World Cup. That uh, Johnny Wilkinson kicked the goal over and all that shit and from Australia at the time was perfect. But Belfast, yeah, six city, six city. Um, I'm gonna go with and you haven't asked me because you know, but I'm gonna fucking ask myself since the way you didn't keep the conversation going. Sorry. My favourite out of all them, um, and I'm gonna stay away from Bellu Usyk because you know, obviously, be ties to it. But I've got to be honest, I can't wait for Wilder versus Fury. And how the fuck do we get there? How do you get in the mindset where you're like, I can't wait for that Tyson Fury fight when 90% of Tyson's fights are pretty boring anyway? But it's the journey to get there, isn't it? It's the smack talk, the build up. I can't wait. I feel like he's just. I feel like I want AJ Povetkin out the way so I can focus on that. How yeah. mad is that? Uh, do, you know what I feel, do you know what I feel like with, um, with Wilder Fury? I feel like I've just left our house and I've come up Market's Lane. 
and there's a big roundabout on Mackett's Lane. Non Liverpool, non Liverpool people won't get no this. One, no one but, outside the city knows what the fuck you're talking about now. But there's a big roundabout at the top of Mackett's Lane. Okay. And I feel like Tyson Fury's just jumped over the roundabout. While while Josh While Joshua's waiting to cross the roundabout to get to Wilder on the other side. Right. Tyson Fury's just gone Left Fuck him, him, he's not he's not going anywhere. I'm yeah. getting over there first. Do you reckon um, do you reckon now and he would never admit it of course, do you reckon AJ's gutted? I reckon he's absolutely devastated. Because AJ wouldn't have said, No, I don't want to fight uh, Deontay Wilder to, on the next fight, I'd rather wait. AJ a, a trillion percent AJ never said that. I reckon I reckon he's... The decision's been made for him for the business. For whatever reason, they've thought the business decision makes more sense to fight him later rather than sooner. I reckon he's absolutely devastated. And I reckon behind the scenes, although, although we'll never yeah. say it, I think he's seething at, yeah, at the too. people that make those decisions me for too. him. And Pavekin's no joke as well. Because... At the end of the day, fighters are fighters, aren't they? And yeah, of they, say, they say yes no matter what. Exactly, he wants to fight well. That's why. That's why you look at George Groves. George Groves, in an ideal world, would have said, "No, I need longer to prepare for this Colin yeah, Smith no, fight." But, but he's a fighter. Yeah, it's impossible. It's, it's like when um, it's like after Tyson Fury beat your man the other week. Fucking hell, well, <laughs> oh, where, where are, What are we doing here? I don't know. I've got no right. idea why I brought you on the show. To where, be honest, you don't know anyone's name. <laughs> when he beat... Oh, fuck's sake. I'm not, I'm not even helping you out this time. <laughs> no, I'm just don't. Sit there and just leave me and let, let me do, let me sort it. Right, who is he? Should I give you the clear one? Go on. And, um, you know, I'm just... Go on. I'm shocked that I brought you on the show. You don't even know anyone's name. At least I get... Francesco Pianetta. Hey, hey right. there we go. So... After Fiori beat Pianetta, <laughs> you tit. <laughs> After Fiori beat Pianetta, it was like he said he said in the post fight press conference, in an ideal world I could do with another two fights before I fight yeah. Deontay Wilder. But there's opportunity there. Exactly. And it's knocking right now. Of course. You can't not open that door mm-hmm. when there's all these multi million dollars exactly. to go and, in. But then the fact he has and the fact AJ didn't is what has brought slight on AJ. Even Lennox Lewis has been like, oh, I'm glad Tyson Fury's manned up. Even that's a bit like, fucking hell, you kind of basically say AJ didn't have the balls to go and fight Wilder. Right now, it's like, it was but that you, decision wasn't made. But these people, these people that are saying that AJ hasn't got the bollocks to do it, are... Only because Tyson said it. A throwing, a throwing shade on AJ, when in reality, the shade should be thrown on those... Team that, AJ? ...that are around AJ yeah. and not AJ himself. Well, we talked about this last week. I think the, the big fuck-up here was 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 your the man t- Eddie announcing two, two shows. The two dates. It was stupid. It was a stupid idea to announce why, two dates. Hang on, why is he my man whenever he does anything wrong? Just, you want to be Eddie and that's why. Anyway, you've been listening to Fight Disciples. Thanks for joining us this week. Adam Cattrall. <laughs> Sexy Cattrall. We'll be back next week, hopefully without that perm, courtesy of the Orange Ape. Again, if you want to pick up a Fight Disciples t-shirt, the Gorilla King, very, 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 very limited stock left available. Visit fightdisciples.com. Literally, they will be gone by the end of the week. I guarantee it. And also, don't forget, this week's show was sponsored by Adept Clothing, Jordan Gill's own brand. Sick gear on there. Visit adeptclothing.co.uk. Use Fight Disciples 10 at the uh, at the shopping cart to get 10%. You've gone discount. very street in your old age. I've gone very urban, haven't I? Yeah. 
Exactly. I'm not into it. I'm trying to urban myself up a little bit. I'm not into it. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.